With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I realize you and I just got back from a trip that had a meetup attached. Yeah. But now the brain is shifting to the next meetup, which is Atlanta. Oh, yes, right. And we have been... Yeah. Maybe it sounds weird for me to say we've been surprised, but we're surprised that it's going to be huge. (laughs) It's going to be huge. (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's 30-plus cars coming on the road tour, which Which is is amazing. Which is fantastic. It's great. It's great. I I keep thinking, though... I don't know where to park all of you. I don't know where we're going to park. I don't know how we're going to eat, but we're going to have fun. I keep thinking about the fact we had parking and eating difficulties and follow difficulties with seven cars in Germany. And now I'm thinking about 30 cars going... All right. Well, I mean, we, we won't have the all language, the radios, you know, in the cars for everyone. So we, we know it's just going to be. Here's the road tour, and we'll, it's we'll gonna, stop. And it's, it's going to be, be genuinely awesome. But yeah, I'm really excited yeah. for all of you that are coming. It's going to be very cool. We've got. I mean, it's it's informal, and yet it's it's a little bit organized, which is a crazy thing. Uh, shout out to Mandy real quick for all of the massive setups yeah, she's doing absolutely. on that, absolutely. which has helped us not worry about it as much until right now. And now I'm kind of going gulp. <laughs> but thank you, all of you that are coming. <laughs> we are we are coming. We have plane tickets. Oh We've yes, got it's shoot happening. We're going to be there. So hopefully we'll be driving with. Of you, that's happening, which is really cool. Also, I do have to mention thank you to all of our patrons because you guys keep giving us great ideas and letting us know things and that kind of stuff. There's discussion that goes on in the Discord forum as a result of our patrons. Mm-hmm. Many of our mm-hmm. patrons are coming to Atlanta, which is very cool. Yeah, so cool. And so you cool. guys are the reason that we started our GoFundMe for these crazy old sedans. And you <laughs> crazy keep kind old of you, seriously, you keep kind of advising us on that. We, we still would like that to happen. But we're going to need more help than we are right now. I mean, it may not happen. And if, it, and if we don't reach the money, then we're going to push the money right back well, to everybody. Yeah, exactly, That's what it's exactly. for. But we would st- we're going to keep it open pretty much till we go to Atlanta. Hopefully, we can get close enough to that figure that we can make that happen. A crazy Phaeton for me. Cheap Phaetons. And something for Paul as well. We're working on what that might be. It might change from the Jaguar. But mm-hmm. either way, it would be both sedans so we can have a two old sedan versus two new sedan TV episode, plus have dueling uh, uh, dueling money pits <laughs> exactly. for actual YouTube channel, which would be fun. Todd drives a Phaeton, Paul gets shot out of a cannon. I don't know. It's a new episode. See, that that doesn't match as well. Okay. It'll be right. dueling money pits. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, guys, thank you for joining us again. We're excited to bring a couple of cool car debates to you. Just so you know, everything about season five is on Amazon Prime and Vimeo for worldwide consumption. Yep, yep, yep. And the Vimeo is perfect for um, you know everybody outside the UK and the US yes. because um, we're still not sure what's going on with Amazon Canada. We would love uh, we would love it if we could support you guys up in Canada for sure on Amazon, but uh, that's on them, not us. That's and true. so uh, you can yeah. find us on Vimeo. But all the six episodes of season five are available, and I do want to thank publicly. Covercraft and Grio's Garage, yet again, mm-hmm. they're just uh, awesome companies to be a part of. Completely. And, and uh, you know, products that Todd and I have used for years. So it's just, you know, we're part of the family. They're part of ours. So really and, appreciate it. And don't forget, to use the code every day for 10% off. Yes, both companies. That code works every day. Code works for both companies. And you even get free shipping at Covercraft as well. And speaking of those yeah, sponsors, yeah, yeah. you and I, after Atlanta... I come back and go trick-or-treating with my son. Then we go to SEMA. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be in SEMA. And I bring that up to all of you guys because we're going to be doing uh, meetups and signings, at certainly at Covercraft. We think at Griot's as well as part of our SEMA adventure this year. So if you're going to SEMA, SEMA's weird. I know that sounds like a broad statement, but here's my point. <laughs> SEMA is supposed to be, it's supposed to be you're either in that industry or your media. 
but yet right, the number right. of people that I've seen at SEMA that are none of the above, I feel is half the crowd. It's amazing how public that show's become. So I say that because many of you may be there and come by, say hi, because well, we'd love to see you. Absolutely. We'll be floating around. As Todd said, we'll be at uh, our sponsor booths as well at various times, yet to be announced, and yes. we will definitely announce it on the podcast once we do have that nailed down. Mm-hmm. So we're still still getting there. I think everybody's still kind of figuring out the schedules. But yes, it's weird and huge, but I think SEMA doesn't care because it brings in customers that want to you know, see yes. products, and I, I think it's all just one big happy. So just yes. bring it is kind of I think it's going to be all thoughts. one big Supra this year. I think it's going to be yeah. the Supra done yeah. 8 million ways. I think it's going to be well, the bell of the ball and every possible wide-body thing you can think of with the Supra. If you'd like to see a crazy Supra wing, I think SEMA's going to have it for you this year. Yeah, for sure. It's for going sure. to be crazy. It's not going to be the C8, that's for sure. You probably all have seen the GM strike <laughs> at this point, as of this recording, is preventing the C8 from being built. And what we understand is the, the factory in Bowling Green actually hasn't switched the tooling over quite yet to that's produce crazy. the new car. Everything you've seen in the media up to this point has been pre-production cars. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, yeah. they're out there, but not in production form. And so that definitely fills the press fleets from where we pull cars as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is why you know we're not seeing those quite yet either. But things may change. Yeah. Hopefully things change quickly. And uh, I don't think it's a C8 SEMA yet. I think that's next year because people take yeah. all year long to develop everything. And then, yeah, yeah. you can kind of call it. It was just like Snoop Dogg who called the 300C wow. back in oh four-ish, somewhere in there, and he complimented Bob Lutz, and he said, that's going to be the car for SEMA, and he was right. Well, And I think when it's, that car hit, it was everything SEMA yeah. for that car. I think it's all SEMA. It's all Supras this year. I think SEMA is going to practically be sponsored by the Toyota Supra. SEMA Supra. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, happy Friday. Thanks for joining us for <laughs> yeah. another podcast. We have two very cool traditional car debates uh, for this podcast. We've got Hunter writing to us for he and his wife writing to us from central Minnesota. We have that coming up. And then after the break, we have yet another really cool car debate. This one's from James in New Hampshire. He's looking for the opposite of Toyota Century which we're going to have to unpack a bit. Yeah, for sure. I think I've got some good thoughts on both of these. Do you? Even though I do have, and I'm, 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 kind of, I'm kind of spoiler alerting here, even though I think that James has put a few parameters into his piece that are actually completely opposing. And you can you got to go one or the other, buddy. Like but a Toyota we'll Century. It's yeah, exactly. Closing. He's looking for the opposite. Of yeah, that. we'll figure out that, that as we I've get got there. My of course, lots of questions, too. Do you really? Yes, I good. do. Good. I, I hope to look forward to hearing it. Very excited. All right. First debate jumping in here for Hunter and his wife, Ashley, in central Minnesota. It is a deployment car debate, mm-hmm. and he's writing a bit early, which is totally fine. And like I've told everybody, you can write in you know, about a month before, and that's kind of about where we can fit things in from yeah. the schedules because we do Topic Tuesdays, and we're also doing car conclusions more frequently now. Mm-hmm. And if you write in and but, say, I need an answer this week, that will not be on this uh, week's That's going to be tough. Just so you know. I'm admitting that's going to be tough. <laughs> we yes. do read them all. Even when that happens, we're like, oh, we should have done that one three weeks ago. We, <laughs> exactly. still read that, we still read that email. We do. Exactly. All right, Hunter, this is for you. So he is binging currently somewhere in the... 2017 era of the podcast, (laughs) he says. So he is deploying in June 2020 and trading his 2018 Ram Rebel with 15,000 miles. He's trading that in for a newer 4x4 SUV, $35,000 or less, three years older, newer, for his wife, Mm -hmm. Ashley, and selling her Impala to buy then a $15,000 or less and 120,000 miles or less fun, reliable vehicle for himself. <laughs> sure. Very why not? specific. I yes. love it. 
All right. So I love that you're spending more money on your wife than you are on yourself. Well, That's wife awesome. and, and soon-to-be child. Yes, yes. She is currently pregnant. And uh, congratulations on your emerging, growing family. That's awesome. And so he wants to take care of her. So first of all, we're going to dive into debate for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she is looking at the Ford Explorer, Lincoln MKX, Jeep, Grand Cherokee, or a Chevy Blazer, all in that order. She's been intrigued with some of those. Now, Hunter's also looking at GM product, and he's got a lot of car history. He owned an IROC Z. I <laughs> love it. I love, love those it. cars. Where is it? He so owned 80s. an IROC Z. Fantastic. Uh, oh, 86 Pontiac Grand Prix. Wow. He's got, a lot. he's got a lot of GM product. Wow. All right. Tons of it. Yeah. He's looking at a Trailblazer SS all-wheel drive, a Pontiac G8 GT, Subaru Legacy GT. Well, that's not a GM product. But anyway. Yeah, that was the weird curveball. But, <laughs> and but, BMWs. Yeah. He said, any all-wheel drive BMW car. And he says, because he's up in central Minnesota, he drives a lot of miles. Yeah. And he likes rear-wheel drive vehicles. He says, more for the fun factor. But logically, because of the weather and because of the commute, he's just thinking all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And Ashley might appreciate that if you're, you know, just – it might be perception more than reality. But if it's all-wheel drive and, Well, you know, Ashley needs it. He's safe and, and all that stuff. Ashley needs it. Hunter would like she to does, have yeah. it on his car. But she definitely needs it. And, she want, and he also wants for her – he wants some ground clearance. He's just thinking – honestly, he's thinking about unplowed driveways and roads mm-hmm. if she's mm-hmm. because she's pregnant currently and then after the child is born we're talking about okay she has to go to the doctor for checkups or whatever yeah right. he wants rain shine snow blizzard she can get places so yeah, we're looking for, sure. for a little Very more important. ride height all-wheel drive that's why she's looking at the suv she is he i, I get the sense that hunter is kind of up for a bit of everything but realizing he should probably have something all-wheel drive yeah, I, I get that. Uh, he says he's being driven from, well, he will be driving from Minnesota to Iowa and back often. And the majority of his driving is straight line roads with the rare S curve mm-hmm. in the road. And he says, welcome to the rural Midwest where roads are laid out in one mile squares. <laughs> You're okay. not wrong. Yeah, this is true. All right. But he says, I don't autocross a track very much. He'd like to get into it in the future and then back to casual drag racing after this particular deployment. He says, so most of his fun driving comes from sliding around in poor weather or hard launches. And then, you know, it's got to you know, throw him back in the seat kind of thing. And then he says, you know, the zero to 60 specs do appeal because of that reason. So that's totally fine. And so, like I said, he's considering this 0608 Trailblazer SS all-wheel drive because we're looking at about a $15,000 mm-hmm. budget for him. And then maybe another Chevy pickup somewhere in there. He mentioned the Pontiac G8. But I let's start with Ashley. I still want him to branch out. I still want him to branch yeah, out. Yeah, I do too. For, for Ashley, let's, let's jump back to the SUV real quick. Okay. Again, let's think about the mom-to-be car and then mm. the young mom car. It's both mm-hmm. of the above. It's, mm-hmm. it's the car now while she's pregnant, keeping her safe, keeping the baby safe, and then that continues after the child is born. You haven't told us boy, girl, maybe you don't know. But that's what we're looking at here. But we're talking about $35,000 on the high side. I like the things you're looking at. Ford Explorer, Lincoln MKX, something almost to see there. Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, and then he wants her to look at the, the Chevy Blazer because he practically, I don't know, but I get the sense that Hunter may be one of those guys with a Chevy t- tattoo somewhere. Ooh. There's a lot of Chevy product there in, is. in his backstory. There is. So yeah. he wants her to look at the Chevy Blazer. I, look, I think that's, that's fine. The problem with this area is finding a standout because there's a lot of. There's a lot of noise in this category, a lot of stuff that is similar. You think? You know, this is what everybody's buying. I also think it's interesting that the scale you're looking at is big five-seaters, 
generally. It's not you're not yeah. into the seven seat world yet. But that explore though now is seven seats. You can get seven the newer ones. Sort of. Yes, exactly, exactly right. That that one's the blurring the line. But the yeah. other ones we're talking about here, I think actually the Blazer has seven as well. But I would wow. say it's it's on the the smaller side of that world. Okay, so mostly it's the the Jeep Grand Cherokee is the great reference point here. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're looking at that kind of stuff. You guys need to drive the Mazda CX-5. Okay. They're All out right. there. You could get a All new right. one for under 35. Uh, if you could get a loaded one from last year for well under 35, you drive that car. It is bigger than you think. I suspect – I'm looking at your list. This is why I brought it up. I suspect you haven't looked at the Mazda CX-5 because possibly because it's a Mazda, but, but also because I think you think it's too small. I think it's almost the same size as the Jeep Grand Cherokee as far as usable space. It isn't like external. The, the Grand Cherokee is a big, big boy. But sure. usable interior space, they're pretty close. The CX-5 has gotten pretty big interior-wise. Drive the CX-5. Uh, it's great looking, good to drive. Drive the Volvo XC60. Oh, okay. All right. I like that one as well. Do both of those. And then I have two that I pursued because of ground clearance. Okay. I don't love them to drive, but they will run like crazy. They are affordable, and you've got tons of ground clearance. The new Toyota RAV4. That's good. And you're going to be shocked I'm recommending it, but I'm saying it anyway, the Honda Passport. Are you really? Yes. Interesting. Because those are being sold off of clearance, ground clearance. The pilot certainly is. Well, but no, the, the pilot has the less. The pilot's the big one. Passport's the small passport one. Passport is it's the one with the ground That's clearance. right. The passport yes. does have. The passport has being sold. They did And the new RAV4 also is, well, is mm-hmm. the same thing. And both of those are just going to run like crazy. And I actually I genuinely like the new RAV4. It's not my kind of thing, but I genuinely like it. I think the ride is compromised because they did jack it up. Yeah. But we're talking about all-weather capability, ground clearance, I think those are worth driving here. The one you and I drove was the fully loaded hybrid as well. Yes, and, and that was, was in the 42 the, or 44. The low 40s, yes. But you don't have to get that one. There's no, like no, no. 9,000 flavors of the there, RAV4. There are many options, So yes. you can you know look somewhere in the middle you know as far as budget and kind of options. But that does give you a new car. And Ashley, I like that you're looking at these. And I also thought... I, I don't know what town you're in, and I was thinking about dealership availability, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's factoring in from a service point yeah. of view. If you're just saying, "All right, I'm sticking more towards Ford and GM and Chevy," just from a dealership because it's all we don't Alphas have, and Maseratis. It's all we're yeah, buying. I mean, yeah. I don't have an Alpha dealer and a Jag dealer and a <laughs> Mercedes or whatever. We we don't yeah. know what kind of dealerships and service availability fair, is close, fair, so fair, that yeah. could factor in. But I am going to suggest, also from a stylistic point of view, some Acuras. Okay. All right. Because we've driven most of the Acura products for 2019 at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, we have. And we came away really liking the MDX, which is, you know, the big boy seven-seater. Yeah. But what about the RDX? Yeah. And I'm thinking from Genuinely the standpoint powerful of... powerful and fun to drive. You know, you want something that just, you know, the, the comfort in your heart. You want your car to start and just run and be reliable. That's most cars nowadays. It is. I mean, you... It's it's hard to find something that's completely unreliable, but Consumer Reports will scare the you-know-what out of you. Yeah, for, true, true, true. You know, I still love the J.D. Power. Best initial quality. Well, it's best initial quality because it's new. It just you rolled off it. the line. It's got 10 miles on it. Let's hope that it's actually put together at least halfway decent. I still decent. don't yeah. understand that award. Panels aren't falling off. Like, but congratulations. How far into we go? It's like four months, and we're, no, no more? <laughs> no more award? We take it back? I don't know. So I'm looking at Acuras because just think of them as Hondas. They run. They're yeah. great. 
And the, RDX the, is a the great RDX, size. we had that in Seattle, and it was quite impressive. Yeah, it is. I mean, it drives yeah. great. It does have good ground clearance, yeah. all-wheel drive, you know, all that stuff. So I actually looked at the Volvo XC40 as well, a little bit smaller. Oh, okay. All right, maybe. And the maybe. reason being is you can find them fairly new, just, you know, slightly used. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, ten to twenty thousand miles on them for right about that thirty-five thousand price point. Sure, sure. And there is more space in those than you think there is. You're thinking yeah. that's yeah, the I tiny that. CUV. Get in one of those. Yeah. And what I want you to experience is the IP and the the way you interact with the car. It's going to be very different than the American manufacturers. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to wonder if that's uh, that'll appeal to you. It's just a thought, but it, it'll definitely you'll have that driving experience in your mm-hmm. back pocket to mm-hmm. say, "All right, I like it or I don't." Something very different. And then my last one for you on the list here is the Kia Telluride. Mm. And I looked at that, even though it's brand new, because you suggested the Explorer, which is seven seats. Yeah. So is the Telluride. True. true now true. I don't know how large a family you're going to plan on having. And I don't know that they need something as big as an Explorer, but once right we're in now, there. I like where you are because I love the Telluride. Yeah. The one we had when we went to the launch mm-hmm. in <clears throat> Telluride. It's weird was, how they did that. I know. It's very strange. I can't believe they thought you, of that Where do you town. do a launch for the Honda Pilot? Sorry, side note. I don't know. Is that anyway, an airport? Onward. I don't know. Or is that a... I don't know. All right. So uh, when we were at the launch, the fully loaded Telluride we had was 46. 46,000. Literally, you, there weren't any more boxes yeah. to check. Well, you can't screw anything more to the they car either. They were all either. checked. Yeah, unless it's on the outside of the sheet metal, but still, you're done <laughs> at that at that price point. So the entry level, I'm finding all-wheel drive Tellurides on dealership lots here, advertised here in Utah for right bang on thirty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So it is possible. I know it's a brand new car, and then yeah, you know yeah. you have to decide about depreciation. But you know, one or two-year-old Acura RDX, brilliant. That's a good get that yeah, car. That's a great option. They yeah. have a nimble feeling to them, but they have a. a a level of luxury that you know other cars don't have that's surprising at that price point. So that's mm-hmm. why I suggest mm-hmm. in you know if you're looking at Explorers, you got to go look at an RDX too because yeah. you're you're going to think same money, same money, same yeah. money. Yeah. What? Well, what's the, the difference here? There's there's a swath here. Uh, they, they've got the ability to run toward. Do you want to go more utilitarian and bigger, or do you want to go a little more luxurious and a little smaller? And I don't know yeah. where yeah. you are on that on that spectrum, if you will. But yeah, get yourself some good winter tires. You already have told us that you're a big believer in tires. You get any of these all-wheel drive systems paired with some winter tires. Your wife, Ashley, and, and your soon-to-be child will be very happy and able to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel very confident in any of these. There's a lot of drive homework here, but hopefully you'll find some stuff. I also think if you have an opportunity to go to, like, a local car show, you can check off half of these instantly by just sitting at them. Uh, that's but, a good point. But at the same time, I think you'll there's some drive quickly. homework here as well. All right. We've got to make some choices here for Hunter. Mm-hmm. There was a sentence that stuck out in your email to me. Hunter, and it's when you said towards the end, this is your opportunity to either get a fun daily driver that you'll probably sell after the deployment. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, at that point, we can have another car debate and, you know, what he gets for fun car. (laughs) Sure, why not? But that stuck out. This this means that you need something for the long commute, the long drive. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not necessarily going to be, hey, I'm autocrossing, I'm tracking. It's really none of that. It's mm-hmm. more about seat comfort because of those long drives. And that's where my headspace is. Okay. From. That's kind All of where right. I started. Right. Todd and I have talked about Volvo. We've talked about BMW. It's kind of you know way up there as far as yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not just the, the lateral or bolster support. It's the length of the seat base and the... You know, mm-hmm. how, how the mm-hmm. seat wraps up your back towards your shoulder blades. It's just the general pattern, the design that BMW and Volvo have for their seats that 
really seem to fit us yeah. now. Yeah. That's not always the case, but we gravitate towards those manufacturers for those seats. But there's, of course, a lot of great seats you know, in other cars. So I'm, I'm not just shopping from a seat perspective, but it was on my mind mm-hmm. when I thought of the BMW 235X Drive. They are still mm. not cheap enough. Okay. Yeah, we're the talking 15 grand. The cheapest one I found yeah. was 16 something and it had well sure. over 100,000 miles. Sure, it's not sure. what I yeah. want for you. And then I thought about the Volkswagen Golf R, the Mark VI. 2012 to 2013 with the Haldex all-wheel drive. I have that on my list as well. I oh, love you do? it when you and I dig up the same car. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. It's smaller. The seats are also good in that car, and they're right in that sweet spot now. They've got a lot of good power. It's it's going to feel spry mm-hmm. to you uh, yeah, and coming out of all those you know cars that you had in your past, I and, guess. And I like the very new, different experience here. Yes, for sure, for sure. I feel like the car that you really want, Hunter, is you want a Pontiac G8 all-wheel drive. I feel like that's the car you're wanting, but you know it's not, yeah. not around, so you want that car. So that makes me just start thinking about new experiences, but staying all-wheel drive. I love the fact that this Subaru Legacy GT works its way into your discussion, as does an all-wheel drive BMW, because that lets us know there's like there's like a crack in the Chevy wall, and you're willing to look at other <laughs> things, okay? So I like the, the – I'm crumbling. I want you to continue, but I love this Golf R Mark VI because it is a totally different experience, but will be genuinely fun and genuinely worth commuting, plus it's manual, all-wheel drive. I think it's checking every box. Yeah, I'm just – I'm toying with the idea – but then I came back to one last choice for you, Hunter, that it's a bit of an outlier. It's all-wheel drive. It's a coupe. It's the Infiniti G37X coupe from 2011 to 2013. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it does have a GT car kind of feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's going to yeah, be very sure. comfortable, long distance. And they're now old enough and inexpensive enough where you can find cars with 50,000, 60,000 miles. Yeah. For yeah, seventeen. He limited me to seventeen thousand. I don't know if you noticed. He gave you fifteen, <laughs> yeah. and he gives me a couple mm-hmm. grand more yeah, you, to play you, with. You generally have extra, yeah. And I, I could find one. So go look at those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're also from a reliability standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, Japanese manufacturer. It's Nissan. So I think they're just going to be great yeah. all-wheel drive. And again, since we're not talking, you know, autocross or hardcore track driving. I think it might be a consideration for you. Hmm. And again, space, comfort, I can see you rolling up in that coupe. And, you know, it's just, it's going to have enough sound insulation, but still decently fun to drive, I think. Um, That's where my my last choice was for you. But something, it's something totally different. But again, that last sentence meant, that sort of gave me a license to suggest other stuff than coming back to, you know, like you said, Pontiac G8. It'd be great. But it would be great. But this is sort of the license to go. Off, it is. This off is the an opportunity. It's an opportunity to go go around a little bit. I have to ask this question: Super Legacy GT would work. Would absolutely work. See if you can get the what the spec uh, was it the spec B version of that that we drove the GT spec yeah, B. Yeah, that was six. Was that yeah? 06? So that's a little while so back six. as far as dates are concerned. But that did make me think. Hang on, hang on. You want something that works in all weather that can do long distance, mm-hmm. and when you park it, it will run when you restart it post deployment. And if you sell it post deployment, it hasn't become a huge money. It. it it will run. It will get yeah. get its money back out. All of these things made me go, WRX. Yeah, yeah. It'll it, just work. It'll have plenty of fun characteristics when you have the opportunity to have fun. Or you said you like slide around in the snow or whatever. Bring that car along. It'll be great. If you park that for six months, it's going to start when you get back. Battery tender. It's going to start when you get back, <laughs> and you can probably sell it for about the same amount that you bought it for. Interestingly, yeah, you're, yeah, you're practically you're right. just parking right. your money when you park that WRX. I don't think it goes because they just <laughs> hang on to that. They have a floor that's pretty high. 
Mm-hmm. So if you get one that's decent, you'll probably sell it about what you got it for. So I think that's a consideration. And then I have an outlier that came to me in a combination of really pondering that Pontiac G8. There's also a question about this car later. I was thinking about all of these things at the exact same time. They all converged. You could get a Taurus SHO. Remember when they made those all-wheel drive? What? An SHO? I, I, I'm bringing it up only because... We haven't talked about those for a long time. We haven't talked about them in a long time. time. And, and, and I don't... Look, I don't love them, but it's, it feels related to what you want that Pontiac G8 to be for you. That's interesting. Big old American sedan that happens to be all-wheel drive. And they, they have not held on to value. They're they're cheap now. They're cheap and they're fast. So they too. are genuinely fast. They do not have the dynamics of the G8 or or certainly not the SS. But no. but they are decent to drive, and it's Ford, which maybe maybe you won't even buy a Ford. I don't know. But but it's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, it's. Well, you said there's a crack in the Chevy wall. Seriously, so it's as close as I can Ford get to crack. that all-wheel drive G8, and that's why I thought of it. I don't know that it's perfect here. It's a bit of a wild card, but I I want to put it out there anyway. You know what? Uh, unfortunately, it's reminding me of that. Ford concept that's, you know, that Mustang four-door E Mustang. Uh, the, the Mustang SUV because the world has been asking for that. Yeah. In spite of the fact that we're all actually asking for the Fiesta ST, you're bringing us the thing that no one <laughs> yeah, asked, which us. is, there's the Mustang. Let's take that and make an SUV out of it. Said no one. Like, yeah, Said no consumer. Proportions are just sort of, yeesh. I'm not. I'm not convinced right I, now. I really want. It's just sketches. All we're seeing is just sketches. We're not seeing sheet metal at this point. I'm horrified but, to think out wow. there somewhere there was a focus group because you know there was, and the conclusion out of that focus group was we really should make a Mustang SUV. Well, I'd like to hear what the designers are grumbling about in the studio, and we have to design. I, my pencil can't draw that very well. I don't, I don't know. But, but you know, it was focus grouped, and the conclusion yeah. was there really is a big market for this. Yeah. That horrifies me. What were the what were the leading questions of that focus group? It's it, it's all the conversations around that. I just it was it was. Do you like this with a slide picture or, or a, you know a PowerPoint picture of a Mustang? Do you like this? And everyone went yes. Do do you drive one of these SUVs? And everyone went yes. And they went. What if it was both? I don't know. Anyway, I just I'm horrified. Mustang is going to become its own brand. Like Corvette's going to become its own. Corvette brand. should. So it's going to be a Mustang, and then this Mustang. GAC, SUV, whatever it becomes. Mustang SUV. And then something else over here. It's like the seven-passenger Mustang. And that'll be that because that will carve the sports car enough (laughs) away from all the electric boxes they're going (sighs) to foist upon us. I, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Mustang (laughs) SUV. That's good news, isn't it? You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We're all looking for great driving roads, and we've even tried to share and list some of them along the way. But now there's an app that can help anyone worldwide mark, share, and find the best roads everywhere. Driveline is the world's first social driving app. It allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road, and you can mark great pit stops, record and attach video, and you can create pins with photos to share. It's the first sharing and social driving app. You can follow people that drive interesting roads, see what they're driving. You can search an area you've never driven before. And if you find a route you like, you just hit drive it and get guided to the beginning of your new favorite road. 
You can even earn points and patches for your activities on the app, which build towards actual car giveaways. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your posting and drives earn you points to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the combination of community and great drives. You can get in early right now and shape the app and the community. So download Driveline to your phone today. Start sharing your favorite roads, meeting other drivers, and finding a new route for your next adventure. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. James in New Hampshire is writing to us asking for the opposite of a Toyota Century. Not a sentence I've ever seen before. If you need a visual reference of what a Toyota Century is, it is exclusive to Japan, even though you Mm -hmm. can, you know, do the gray market thing here. You could do that, yeah. Expensive, and they prioritize rear seat comfort and the driven experience. So they, were, the they were a limo. They exactly. were a limo, essentially. Exactly. And a very successful one, by the way. He is looking for the prioritization of the front seat experience mm-hmm. and the driving experience. Yes. He is 33 years old. He's a soon-to-be father. There's there's a link right there. Plus two 50-pound Australian shepherds. So we're, Wow. He, what, what this means is this. This means His he is... His dog food bill is high? No, yes, but it means that James is well aware... That it will be he and his wife in the front seats <laughs> and carnage behind. And dog two, and child. Two it'll noses. Just be, it'll just right be here. carnage behind. <laughs> I have a new lesson going on with my two dogs. I am desperately trying to teach my old dog who's 13 and my young dog who's one what I mean when I say quiet. Mm. Because they both, one of them gets excited about something in the enclosed space of the car oh. and chirp barks and the other one picks it up and now we've got a chorus, which is funny for about 10 seconds and now your ears are bleeding. Yeah. So I am teaching the word quiet. But my point here is Ooh, James good. is going to – I don't know how well this is going to work. James is going to have he, – he, he says it right, right now. He just says he's expecting – just dog hair and baby spit up is everything behind the B pillar. That's, that's all back there. He doesn't need it to be nice. Covercraft does make stuff for that, by the way. <laughs> and Grios you know. can clean stuff. And Grios can so clean it off, So between our two too. sponsors, we can try to help your car survive, but at least you're going in with your eyes open. Exactly. Is there cheese involved with your training? Is there cheese incentives? Not at the moment. For the not at the moment. Dogs? No. Hmm. Generally, yes, but not for this. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So what he's looking for is something available in the U.S., Available for about fifteen to seventeen thousand. He's limiting me to seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing, as we mentioned, the comfort and driving experience, front seat comfort. And he says, I want it to be able to handle New England weather, so all wheel drive, four by four with winter tires. Okay. And he also says no manuals or CVTs. He wants to be able to trade cars with his wife if necessary. She does not drive stick. He's not about to try teaching her now. He hates CVTs. Mm-hmm. No Subarus. Way too common around here, he says. He's also been there, done that, didn't like it. 
And he says he also doesn't mind quirky cars needing a little extra care and feeding. Used to have a Mazda RX-8. Doesn't have the patience for any unplanned downtime. And what he's currently driving is a completely paid for, certified pre-owned 2016 Golf R with the DSG. Okay. He says, purchased in part due to our frequent recommendation. Amazed. It is cool. Good job. And says, you know, this would do the job nicely. So why is he writing? Well, if they sell the Golf R, he can get about 29 for it. Mm-hmm. He could buy something cheaper, throw the leftover money at their mortgage, and with some other financial moves that would allow them to pay off their house about the same time their child is due. Craziness, but wow. I I mean, we're not financial geniuses over here, but that sounds like a wise move. Seems like good news. I mean, you're selling the Golf R, which you know we're obviously would like, hey, put the money in the car. But I actually do see, even I, who am not financially responsible, <laughs> <Even> <laughs> can see the logic here. Yes. Well, he says, you know, they love the Golf R, but they're in love with the idea of being debt-free when the kid comes and the career flexibility that would give us Mm -hmm. when, you know, Mm -hmm. he says they're trying to figure out how to be parents. And they've been waiting a long time for this child and, you know, nothing more than they want to be awesome parents. So that's awesome. I'm I'm thrilled for you. Congratulations, you guys. And, uh, yeah, I do think it's a good idea. There's there's one problem I have with this list so far from James. Oh, the the list he gives? Yes. Because you've said, look, I see all the financial machinations here. I see what you're doing. I I applaud it. It's very cool. Let's let's hope you do actually get 29 for the Golf R and it's not like 20. Because that's the other thing. This is the other problem of selling a car. When you sell a car, you look up what it's worth and then you get into the actual, you have to deal with people that actually sell it. It seems to never go as well as you hope. (laughs) There is that. But you're hoping for 15, maybe $17,000 to spend on whatever. And then later, you actually list also, you want newer than 2016. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think both of those live in the same sentence. Generally, there are some exceptions, and I've found a few. Okay, all right. But by and large, that's a really tough call. You're talking about a three-year-old car that is less than fifteen grand. When you consider the fact that the average new car price is about thirty, I think you may have to be flexible on the 2016 thing. That's all I'm saying. I'm close. I'm close. It's not fifteen, but I did find seventeen. And I, and I found that's the thing. I found close. The, the all-wheel drive, newer than 2016, less than this amount of money. Checking all of these boxes in one car is difficult. I'm just saying, James, something may have to give here. I do like the challenge that you know everybody it's sends a, us. It's a it's, challenge. There's it's always a like, genuine challenge. I want the four-door manual sports car that's, you know. That nobody makes. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, it's but always I, a fun challenge. I feel like a lot of these boxes can be checked, but then it's the 2016 and newer that goes, oh, well, no, that one is now out again. So I do. I, I'm just mentioning it, but let's let's see what we can do here. They don't want to cross over. Their their dream right, list for this right. is Kia Stinger or Audi Five Sportback, maybe even the new all wheel drive uh, Mazda Three. But the problem with all of these is they're above their budget. Mm-hmm. So this is where hopefully we can help. We'll see. Well, he also mentions the three series wagons, and yes, that's true. where my headspace was at. Was okay, good, James? Good, good. I just thought wagons. We were in Germany recently, and I'm yes, just, they're everywhere. Wagons are awesome. They just work. They mm-hmm, make it mm-hmm. all work, and they're fast, and they're great. And why don't we they're have awesome. more wagons? We don't give the tax break, I guess. Well, I guess so. They're not the light truck that mm-hmm. you know tax con- consideration over here. All right, so I did find you what I think is the car. Wow, okay. It is the sniper of all snipers. Wow, I'm very intrigued. James, you're currently a Volkswagen owner. Golf R with the DSG. How about a 2017 and newer Volkswagen Golf Sport Wagon S? Bravo. Or the Golf Alltrack, still turbocharged, decent power, has the DSG you like. They look cool. How about 
the golf wagon. It's it's not quite the R wagon in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is the closest thing we can get. That's it's cool. Wagony. That's really good. The all tracks look great. I think. I yeah. mean, you could go Audi all road, but I don't think the ones you're going to want there are new enough, and the price yeah, difference the price is there. Price problem there, yeah. Irrelevant. So, I think you need to look at this all track. The the Golf All Track. You can look at the Sport Wagon S. Very yeah, cool. Either one, yeah. You can get manual transmissions with both, by the way. Even the big engine, the big engine, the 1.8 on the uh, the All Track SE. <laughs> I love a world where is, the big um, engine is a 1.8. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go on. I mean, the small engine is 1.4, but the I, big I'm one teasing it, yeah. has 168 horsepower, still turboed, so it's still going to be kind of punchy. It's mm-hmm, not going to be mm-hmm. that Golf R. Yeah, it's not. But my but question yeah. is, how often are you like you know flat to the floor in the Golf? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe. I see where you're going. You're getting the th- you're taking most of the things they like about the golf are they're going to get rid of, and you're maintaining that. I see that. Yes, that's I mean really it's good. kind of it's is really the good. golf yeah. with an extended wagon on the back. Is exactly what it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's not the R again, but it does keep you in that range. And I found boatloads of them for 17 and under. They were all 16, 17. For really, 2017. If you go 2018 and newer, of course, they start to get more expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I found you a white one over here. Uh, where is it? 2017 Golf Alltrack SE for right at 18. So if they're mm. 17,995, I look at that as like, maybe they'll take 17,250. <laughs> it's uh, it's okay. out in Scottsdale, right. 38,000 miles. It's got the all-wheel drive, automatic. So it is the DSG, white with tan interior. You can cover it up with... You know, all the covercraft stuff. You can line it with <laughs> all the padding. and He's the got a rhino liner in the back. Anyway, yeah, don't do that. Looks great, clean. Okay. I was looking at these. It's got that butterscotch brown interior. You can get covered in dog hair. Yes, for sure. And, and spit just, up and yeah. throw in sippy cups. And the thing is, you'll have no random Cheerios in the back, though, because the dogs will handle the Cheerio problem. <laughs> That's true. They'll, That's what they do. They'll vacuum those right up. You, you never knew you needed a dog for that until you have a kid, and you're like, oh, okay, instant vacuum. That worked. But I'm just, I'm liking this car. And I honestly, James, once I found this, I stopped looking. That's, I, I, I stopped it. searching. I see it. That's really it's just good. sort of like. It's, it's a really strong choice. We're good, right? Yeah, I, I, I think you may be done there. I'm going to list three other options. Okay. And they don't all check the boxes, but they get close. All right. All First right. off, how much do you want to actually save money in this equation? Because I have the answer if you really want to save money. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And I'm going to go Saab 92X. It's Are not really? the Subaru. You don't want a Subaru, but you're going to have the Subaru running gear. Somewhere in the, on the Saab, car you'll be able to find in the, the Saab suit. Subaru. No, there are plenty. In the Saab <laughs> suit. But here's the thing. The seats in the front are decent. Okay? I will admit that that car in aero form is better in the manual transmission than the automatic, but the automatic's still okay. And here's the thing. The back of it behind the front, pass, front driver and passenger seat what do you care? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Hose it out. It's all good. It's a hatch, but it's just it's a Subaru. It's going to run, but it isn't a Subaru. That's the thing I like about it. You don't want a Subaru because you've been there, done that. There's too many of them around, but the Saab 92X kind of isn't. Mm. So I, I, look, that's going to be you're going to not even spend ten grand probably. Oh yeah. So because yeah, the autos don't hang on to value at all. So the auto arrows. I mean, granted, we're talking about a ten year old car here. That's the problem. It's not anywhere close to that. But you could save some serious money, and I think uh, check some of the boxes. That's kind of a wild outlier mm. there, but I'm getting. getting that out there anyway. Also, not quite new enough, but I do really like it. The Acura TSX wagon. Oh, yeah. Those are so cool. They're very cool looking. Now, you also have an all-wheel drive problem Is that here. 2012 or 2014? 2012 and newer. 2012 and newer. That's, That's right. what That's I was right. finding. Yeah. That's what I was finding. And I was finding them for your budget, but again, I'm not quite new enough. Hmm. And you've got hmm. an all-wheel drive problem. So that's not great. But then the one I actually really like out of these, Volvo V60 wagon. 
It's all about the wagons. Or possibly the cross-country variant for, for, yeah, for the good old way. But yeah. come on. Volvo's going to – you want the, the Century, you want, but you want good front seats. Volvo, I've got oh, 2016 yeah. and up. I've, I've solved that problem. I've gone all-wheel drive. I've solved that problem. I'm in your price point, believe it or not, at sixteen grand or so. You can find these fantastic seats. It's the right years. It's all-wheel drive. It's a nice-looking wagon. Volvo V60 is compelling here. Mm. I like your Golf, but I think the Volvo is interesting. Now, I have to s- – brief side note. Mm. Did you see the PS on this email? I did. <laughs> I, I, he's calling me out, so I kind of have to talk to, to James a l- little bit here. He gives a PS to me. He goes, um, <clears throat> hey, Todd, any advice for a first-time father? Am I overthinking this? Yes, you're overthinking it, first off. <laughs> okay? You, th- there, there's, there is a level of it. Look, you've got to prep to some degree, I suppose. People gave me all the books about – I didn't read any of the books. The, the, at some point, you've got you to experience your life and your kid. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if you and your wife are aligned on the things you want to do and not do, that's the first round of landmines. If you guys are aligned on that stuff, it will help. But I'm going to give you two things, that I, just two quick thoughts. Every dad is different, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but, and I'm painting, I'm painting really broad brush here. Generally, the mom who's carried the child has a bond instantly and loves that little one more than herself. Yeah. Not all dads are there. Some dads, even if they're you know cynical about it, the moment the baby's born, they're instant linked. That wasn't me. I wasn't necessarily on board yet. And after the kid was born, I was still like, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> you know, I'm on board because I want to help my wife, but mm-hmm. that is a screaming uh, pile of problems right there. Okay, all right. Honestly, you could say that about a lot of things. Yes, yes, yes. But that is a screaming pile of problems. I was there for my wife and I felt a responsibility for my son, but I'll be honest with you. There and I'm not alone in this. There are a lot of dads that it takes a while and sometimes it takes till the kids start walking and talking before mm. the dads really connect. So if you're one of those dads, that's okay. Mm. I want you to know that. That's not weird, that's okay. The second thing is, I've learned I keep learning this. My son's almost 10 now. I keep learning this and I'll tell you a story that happened recently. Your kids are going to start asking a ton of questions. Try not to get ahead of their questions. What I mean by that is answer just what you've been asked. Because here we are as parents, and we've got all of this as adults. We've got all this extra knowledge. You could ask a question. You think about the 45 things relate to that question. The kids just asked the question. Right, right. They just want to know the the, the answer to why are these walls white? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, because somebody painted them white is the answer. There's nothing about design and architecture, and there was a debate about the color, and we thought about the off-white. None of that matters. Mm -hmm. The walls are just white. My son recently, (laughs) while hanging out with me and my wife and my in-laws. Oh. Now, we're those parents that have always referred to body parts by their actual names. Oh, good. And my son knows, intellectually knows, that he was born via C-section. Okay. So we were all together at one point, and he looked up, and he just said, out of nowhere, by the way. He's nine and a half. He said, hang on. If you're not born by C-section, how are you born? And I saw all the heads swivel at me. All the parents, <laughs> all the adult heads swiveled at me, and were just like, "Good luck with that one." And I could see well, in their face they were all watch. they were all thinking the same thing, which is, "You just walked into the sex talk." Oh, sure. That's what they all were thinking. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, uh, whatever we were doing at the time, I said, "Let's we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while." Well, a little while. And so, when I had a chance to talk to my son about, it, I just answered that question. I didn't get sure. into – there was no sex talk in this at all. It was just a very straightforward discussion about the the biology of it. Huh. Here are the body parts involved. Huh. Sure. And then he was like, oh, okay. 
because I dawned on me, I was like, this seems like a sex question, but it's not. Interesting. So don't get ahead of your kids' questions. Answer the question they're asking, and you'll probably save yourself some hassle. Did that conversation die right after you answered then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because that answered his question. Right. Interesting. All right. So, um, you know, that's what we're doing for cars here. We're just answering No, the we're question, not. Right? We're way off in the weeds <laughs> all the time. Well, speaking of that, we've got to jump from the debate. Thank you guys for writing into us, by the way. You know where to write us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. Many of you are – it doesn't matter. Whatever your preference is, that's totally fine. Write us your story, your debate, because uh, it is pretty cool to hear everybody's stories and what's going on in your lives. So anyway, we've got to jump from babies <clears throat> and <laughs> – those questions, the screaming pile of problems, yes. over to electronically controlled LSDs and mechanical LSDs. Wow, that's a Question jump. from Andrew Stein. He says, what is the real difference between these two? How do they stack up in the performance driving? Hmm. Is one more preferred than the other for track and autocrossing? As a matter of fact, Andrew, I was just digging into a lot of the information about the BMW M2 competition we recently drove yeah, yeah, yeah. and how BMW really is kind of the king right now of all the tech they're throwing at their active M differential. Mm -hmm. And the difference really is that the LSD being able to have all the sensory input from everything else that's going about the car. You remember the cars, the muscle cars from the sixties and seventies and, you know, it was pause attraction then, you know, and it's just, all it's doing is the mechanical nature is responding to wheel slippage. That's Mm -hmm. all it's doing mechanically. It, It can't think. Whereas BMW is able to lock the diff from zero to a hundred fully mm-hmm, locked mm-hmm. position based on your steering input, the speed of the wheels, yeah, the yaw yeah. angle of the car, the torque coming to the diff itself, the braking going on, and just the general attitude of the car. So if it detects, you know, sort of pre-wheel slip, it can give the other wheel Mm -hmm. the same amount of slip so you're not just suddenly going sideways. Or if you are going sideways, it'll actually keep you on that course. It's actually saying, you know, if you're drifting, it says that in, you know, Mm. BMW's description. So there's more electronic input to be able to control what that thing is doing rather than just mechanical thing responding to wheel slippage. That's all the mechanical does. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And and uh, manufacturers, as you know, are doing that more and more. But now BMW is able – it's an electric motor that locks it off with mm-hmm. torque to be able to lock that diff yeah. based on the steering input and all this stuff of everything else about your car. You're into active diffs like you find on the Evo 10 or the GTR yes. or even you know the rear diff on the Alpha Julia that we like so much, uh-huh. the Quadrifoglio. Yeah. It has an active rear diff that you can actually feel. You turn that car in and when it has that active diff, diff, you can feel it pushing power to wheels to help you get rotation. Right, right. Now, that is simultaneously really cool and at some point artificial. So when you get a really good mechanical limited slip diff, there's a a natural uh, interaction with the car that feels very organic and analog in a way that a really good manual transmission does. Sure. So you're having a debate. Now, it's honestly like the debate of how much do I like a really good, very smart dual clutch versus a manual. I mean, pros and cons there. The the by the seat of the pants kind of feel is what everybody has to decide yeah, whether they sure, like it or sure, not. Yeah. But Andrew is essentially what it's doing is prevent understeer and essentially turn the car better. And so imagine that translating to track driving and autocrossing. So yeah, absolutely. You know, a standard mechanical diff, and you know that's why all the drifters, you know, weld it shut. They lock it off. You know, on uh, you know their drift car yeah. so they can just go crazy. 
But then when you're, you know, wanting the car to rotate and you're wanting it to grip where it actually shouldn't, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, these active differentials really come into play. And, and it's just, it's interesting how there's continuing to, you know, just get better and better. And the, the electronics, they're throwing at it yeah. to make it do things it shouldn't, you know, it, it's amazing and fantastic. So a lot of sometimes what we're feeling, we have to keep that in mind when we're driving a car and we think, all right, that turn in, that was pretty crisp. What's going on there about the mm-hmm, car? Was mm-hmm. that a combination of the steering rack and the ELSD behind me? Or what was that? Or, or oh, that inside wheel just braked. You know, so we're constantly thinking mm-hmm. about the systems of the car versus, you know, what it's trying to give you dynamically. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what the engineers are thinking about. You know, you're, we're trying to give this dynamic experience. It's faster through the corners and less understeer and blah. Well, is that, is that the car doing that? And one of the best examples was that early GTR when it first came out. Mm-hmm. We thought, holy moly, the sounds and clunks and crashes coming out of the system is all normal. <laughs> it was all normal, yeah. And then we figured out you can go around a corner at 100. <laughs> uh, okay. Labeled 50. <laughs> that was interesting. You know, but the car doesn't need me. Yeah. You yeah. know. It could have gone around 100 almost without a driver. Yeah, fair point. kind of yeah. could. So then, you know, but that was – it felt very raw in that sense. It felt very – mechanically clunky and raw and it felt like well that's the car doing that's not me mm, interesting so now they're playing with the all right how much of it is the driver input and how much how intrusive is it into your driving at this point so that's what they're you know a lot of playing with and you're able to do with it electronically i mean that's kind of the cool thing about it sharif on facebook is asking me actually i'm not sure why just me but he's asking if he's thrown out of the club if he wants to buy a taurus sho obviously i just recommended one but you're saying you really want a chevy ss but you don't want to spend chevy ss money so my question for you is why not pontiac g8 Mm. because the thing the thing is the shos they did drop off a cliff now they're if i remember correctly they're kind of a front biased all-wheel drive system so they don't have the really good long-distance cruiser but fun uh, rear-wheel drive dynamic that the SS or the Pontiac G8 have. So I wonder if you're wanting that, why not go for the cheaper version of the SS? Having said that, the SHO is decent to drive. It's quite powerful, and you can get them crazy cheap. It's hard for me to argue that that's a bad choice. I just am wondering if what you're you're wanting is actually something rear-wheel drive, and then, of course, obviously that won't work. There's a question over here on Instagram from Matt Guerra82, who says, if uh, you wanted a fun car to travel occasionally around North Europe, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, with four seats for wife and mini-me. Love it. I love it. <laughs> what would be more fun? Suggest GT86, BMW 125D, Megane RS, uh, 265RS, or the VW Scirocco. Front-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive. What are our first and second choices? Well, honestly, mm-hmm. to begin with is something that you don't get in the US or if you're in Canada, wherever you, you know, wherever you live. What are the car choices that aren't available where you are? Mm-hmm. Go get those. I mean, bring on the French cars, right? <laughs> Let's have those. Let's yeah. go drive yeah, those yeah. and see, you know, that kind of feeling. Or if it's a model like you said, the, you know, 125, Matt, if it's something like that, a rear-wheel drive five-door hatch or something different, cool, you know, just something you would never otherwise have the opportunity to go get into, that's my choice. The GT86 would be cool. Mm -hmm. You can buy those worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say 
go get something that you don't have available to you to go get more of that driving experience. My one, two, and I think it varies on what you're actually needing more of. My one, two is one of these two, either the GT86 or the Renault Megane 265RS. Those are both fantastic to drive. Obviously, one is a front-wheel drive hatch, the Magan is, mm-hmm, and the GT86 mm-hmm. is rear-wheel drive. If you were on mountain passes and that kind of stuff, you would prefer being in the GT86. If you're going to do more like long-distance crews, we've got to carry more stuff, and we need some speed, you're going to prefer the Magan. But but here's the thing. We used to drive the Magan when they had them at RSR on the ring, and it was a phenomenal car on the ring. Yeah, it really is. That car is a great hot hatch in any kind of dynamic situation, so I think that is a really strong contender. The GT86 would be crazy fun on back roads, but you might be disappointed with it elsewhere. But where are you as a driver? But those are that's definitely my one, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, let's see more from... Oh, you know what? Color Cartel's question. That's a fellow Lotus owner. Oh, yeah. yeah in yeah. the Austin area. He's riding in and going, okay, I live 15 minutes from two different racetracks in the Austin area. For roughly $2,500, he has a choice. That could get him four track days at Coda. For the calendar year, okay, awesome. which would be amazing. Awesome. In your Lotus Elise at Coda, I'm jealous, and I practically want to get on a plane. But or you could get a club membership to a local small kind of locals track, okay, mm. called mm. Harris Hill Raceway. What's the better use of money? Now, hmm. here's my reverse question back at you, Color Cartel. I like that you've got an Elise. I like that you want to track it. Take a serious look. Honestly, a serious look at will you go to the track more than four times a year? Because I think all That's of us, true. you and I, Paul, are a great example. We love track driving. We don't go that often. Right. Okay. Right. It's definitely just, not every weekend. Exactly. For sure. So, for sure. You know, we've got the local NASA things that happen here. And I swear every month they come up and we're like, oh, yeah, that was this week. Oh, we didn't go again. Right. We do right. that every month. And it's, and they go from March to October. And we're lucky to do the one that is the meetup that we do with all of you guys. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So my, my real question for you is, is how – take a serious look. If you're going to do – I'm just th- thinking out loud here. If you were going to do like only probably five track days next year, then I'm kind of going to go, well, sacrifice a track day and just do CODA. But if you really think you're going to go six, eight, ten, twelve times, then yeah, get. The, I think the driving experience, the quantity of driving experience at the end of your, edges of your car is better if you have that option. But you've got to dedicate yourself to doing those days. It's like the person yeah. that buys the you know spends the money and buys the uh, the annual ski pass, but they went ten days this year. It's like just buy ten tickets, right? You yeah, know, that so, wasn't so worth it. This is the big question I have for you is take a serious look at, will you do more than four track days in your car? Really? Well, will you? good. Does it depend on the track itself? Because I was looking at it from the car ownership perspective. It's If it's a smaller, more technical track and he can go more often, if he's going to go more often. That's the big question. Then he can get a lot more usage Agreed. and technical driving out of Agreed. that car because Coda is the highest of high speed. Yes, you know racetracks. Yes. I mean, it is designed for Indy and F1, mm-hmm. and you know you on that front front straightaway, those cars' brakes are glowing. I mean, yeah. it's huge high speeds. The Elise is not necessarily suited for those kinds of. That's a great speeds. point. That's an excellent point. The back half of the track, sure. Uh-huh. But what about it? Kind of almost lives better at the smaller track. The technical stuff. I'm just thinking out loud. You, if, no, you're if right. No, it, it, it plays, if you had a bigger, heavier, yeah. faster car, maybe I could see Coda. But I think your car is kind of a, 
the f- determining factor too, is yeah. it not? I think it's a real factor. I think it's a great point because depending upon the nature of the small track, it you might be really at home in the Elise. Yeah. I, mean, I know plenty of people, I've thought about it too, plenty of people that autocross their Elise and that's the only performance driving they do with it. Right. And they love it. Like the big so, track stuff? Like yeah. I wouldn't want to do, you know, I don't know. Just the Coda experience I think would be really worth it. But at the same time, again, what? how many days, how many actual track days are you doing? Yeah. All right, uh, question from Kelly Kenworthy on Facebook, asking us to talk about the criteria we use when choosing a car. Said they recently replaced a car, and although everything they test drove had a full list of requirements, they chose the vehicle that made him giggle because his wife wanted him to enjoy ownership. He says, well, I think I'll keep her too, which is (laughs) a good choice. It's good news. Yeah, it's good news. Well, Kelly, I was just thinking about that on our recent Super Drive, and it is, for me... The car that uh, falls away and lets me focus more on the driving. So if I'm enjoying the road or I'm able to you know, pick my line better or adjust the line to the corner or whatever that is and the driving becomes paramount. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious and simple, but if I'm worried about the car and like, oh, that, that thing's going to break the inside wheel and the back end's going to come around and i got to adjust this and or like, ooh, this car is way too much power for this road or whatever – if if a car really matches the road and the you know the speed and the temperature and all that stuff and everything else falls away and i'm just cackling about the drive itself that's when it starts to really speak to me but if i'm hamstrung by the car like ah oh, this you know huge muscly you know or it's an older corvette you know what i mean it just yeah, kind yeah. of depends yeah, on the yeah. car for me but if it's really well suited and matched and then i think all right, this is my criteria. If it's a hot hatch, if it's you know the Cayman or the Supra or whatever that is, and the driving becomes paramount and I'm forgetting more about the car itself, that speaks to me. If, I've, if the car has made me forget about it, that's interesting. It's, it's like in anything when you, uh, you know, you're watching a movie and you in particular, Todd, you start watching the movie rather than noticing director tricks and filmmaking perspectives Fair. and yeah, camera yeah. angles. Yeah, yeah. And you start engrossing yourself in the story without mm-hmm. worrying about what the writer did. How they got it done. Yeah. yeah. That's when a movie speaks to you, right? Yeah, I see that. I see that. That's a, that's Same a great way to describe it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. If yeah. everything falls away and you're just engrossed in the mm-hmm. thing that it's delivering to you, well, that's success. It becomes that's, a proper partner. I see where you went. Yeah. I, that's a great description with the movies. I think that's excellent. I feel like I can tell really quickly, Kelly the cars that are that are just going to speak to me mm. and this is very personal sure but, sure but there's you can we, we talk spectrum or sacrifice all the time because it's where we are your, your budget and your needs and those kind of th- stuff those have to encroach but it's the car that you get in that comes close to what you need but at the same time i just really like this that's got to be a factor that's the whole reason this show exists we want you in a car that you love for sure. driving for sure and this is the reason why and i'm sorry to bring it up again but it's a great reference point for me this is one of the reasons i love the fiesta st so much because on paper it doesn't make any sense my wife still doesn't get this car every time i see one I'm like oh cool fiesta st she's like that thing she doesn't like the way it looks she knows it's an economy car the interior is awful but you just drive it down the block and you're like oh this is just fun yeah, yeah and so exactly. all the stuff it doesn't do well you're just kind of like but i could you know what i can handle a hatchback this small i don't care that that's plasticky and that kind of stuff sure obviously the extreme version is my elise but you if you drive six cars and they all check all of the have to boxes the criteria decider has got to be the one that you just get in and like now this one's just fun 
That has to be the deciding factor. It has to be a paramount part of the choice because if you're just checking boxes for this does all the right things and is in budget, it is an appliance you bought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, my movie criteria is actually pretty low bar. If there's you know like a lot of explosions and fights and gunfire and yeah. power tools and fire trucks, then <laughs> just Michael Bay's work. We're good. Got it. Like, I'm, I'm good over here. So if a car is doing the equivalent for me, then I'm like, great. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, well done. Well done. Uh, S. Thomas 80 has a question on Instagram. He said, okay, about a $40,000 limit for a fun daily driver car, doing about 22,000 miles a year. He has to keep up a corporate image. You know mm. what I wonder? Oh, Because yeah. they're getting close. The early M2s. Oh. <laughs> they're low 40s. Oh, they are. They're Dang low it. 40s. They're low 40s. And the thing is, and I think, I, and I've even seen them like 40, like 39, 40. My point here is that is just BMW to anybody that doesn't know. But you <laughs> right. bought a Hoon machine. Right. And everybody that was obsessed with the newest, latest, and greatest BMW didn't, they, they sold that M2 and got the competition because it's a different engine. Right, right. So that has brought the prices of them down even further. It, it has none of the, you know, the muscle car image. It has none of the straight, full-on sports car image. It is, it is a great car for car enthusiasts in the know. It's what BMW has always done really well when they've, they've had, always had that icon car in their lineup that is the total stealth Hoon machine. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. the current M2, or the, or, but you get an early one. Get an early M2 in black. Oh, that'd be cool. Because, look, I, I prefer it in blue. I'll flat out say it. I prefer it in blue. The black one is just, I bought a BMW, but you bought so much more. That's good. Love it. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. We haven't gotten all of them, obviously, but keep asking. We're working our way towards uh, towards answering everything. And, and thank you for the creative questions and just the engagement. Really appreciate it. It's you guys that make the podcast. Honestly. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you for your stories. And yeah, write to us your debates. Drop us a line. Tell us what's on your mind. Love to hear that. And we're definitely looking forward to seeing all of you at the Atlanta meetup. It's going to be crazy. 2019. It's going to be nuts. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And next time. Thank you, guys. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>